You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 238, Training Your Church Safety Team, Part 2. So if you've been with us the last few weeks, you know that I've been helping you set up a church safety ministry. Uh, You don't have to look too deeply into the news to see that churches are increasingly becoming targets of violence. And I believe that God wants us to be responsible to protect our flock not just spiritually, but also physically. And we've talked about many different ways to do that. You can hire an off-duty police officer, you can hire civilian security guards, or you can raise up a team from within, which is what so many churches are doing. I've helped a number of churches do this, as as well as my own church. So um, I encourage you, if you haven't read, you know, listen to the, the last several episodes, get into them. It will really help point you in the right direction for starting a church safety ministry. And again, this is what I do. If you need some help, reach out to me, David, at davidspell.com. We'll talk, see if there's any way I can help you. But last week, we started talking about the importance of providing the right training for your team. It's not enough just to have a team. It's not enough to just start and create a team. Now we've got to train them because training makes the difference. Training Uh, creates a professional feeling team. People who are going to be more confident and there's much less chance of uh, mistakes being made. Look, we're all human. There's always a possibility of making mistakes. But when we're talking about safety and security, there really is no room for error. And so just a quick recap on what we talked about last week with training. Um, We covered five things. We're going to be talking about eight today. Um, The five that we started off with last time as far as training is um, your team members need to have their initial firearms training um, and then somehow they need to be qualified yearly. And if you're not able to do this, we mentioned, you know, looking at, you know, your local range and and getting with a firearm instructor and letting them create a, a firearms qualification course. But there needs to be a standard that the team meets at least yearly. We talked about judgmental shooting, maybe putting them on a simulator. Number three, the use of force continuum. If you're not sure what this is, you can Google it. I promise you there's plenty of uh, great information out there about this. Number four, uh, CPR, basic first aid. And then number five, defensive tactics. And these are very, very important topics that your team needs to be Uh, Not just trained in once, but really we'll go through these things at least once a year. Some will repeat even more than that. So it's good to um, take your team through this training. There's even some, uh, you know, curriculum that's being created by, um, I listed a couple of websites a few weeks ago. Um, You might check check out the show notes, and I'm not sure which episode it was, but we talked about, you know, some of the different 
church safety websites and there's a, a training curriculum out there that you can you know partake in as well. So there's all, all kinds of great stuff. But today I want to jump back in talking about different topics that your team needs to be trained in. First of all, active shooter training. This is such a, a hot-button item today in the world. There's um, organizations, that that's all they do is they train uh, people that work in you know large corporations, schools, um, even in churches on how to react and how to deal with active trainers. However, it's a little bit different in training uh, a safety team because we're going to be the ones that, um, at least until the police get there, we're going to be the ones trying to stop the attack. We're going to be the ones trying to neutralize the attacker. We're going to be the ones that are going to be that are running towards the gunshots and not away, at least until the police get there. And so, um, I encourage you to look and see what's out there. Uh, I know a lot of police departments actually offer. Um, and, and maybe not in-depth training, but at least a seminar, maybe an hour or two-hour training on what you can do to prepare yourselves for active shooter training. And there's any number of ways you can do this. You can, uh, you know, work through, um, set up scenarios, have actors, have or have role players, people from your church. Uh, maybe when the auditorium's empty or the building's empty, and you can practice. You know, obviously not shooting, but. Um, you can still practice responding and uh, moving tactically, and there's there's a lot of things you can do. But again, if, if you're not a firearms instructor or have a, a police or, law, or a, a military experience, then you may want to look and see if it, you know what what uh, resources are in your uh, community, whether at a local gun store, you know, firearms instructor. Um, I know at our uh, the range that I use, some of the firearms instructors there have some really extensive military training, um, even special operations experience, and th- these would be a great resource to bring in and work with your team on active shooter training. Uh, number two, tactical communication. And when I'm going to talk about tactical com- communication, I'm not talking about just using a walkie-talkie. I'm talking about how to talk to people to get them to do what you need them to do. If you're dealing, if you're having to confront a disruptive person, what uh, what verbal tools are you going to use to control the situation? Think about it. The police um, get this type of training because you know most of the situations police respond to don't result in, result in shootings. Most situations the police respond to don't result in them having to put hands on somebody. Most situations are diffused or handled because of the police officer's use of communication and knowing how to talk to people, how to talk people down off a ledge, how to, how to control them when they're uh, verbally control them when they're, they're angry or upset, knowing how to, um, you know, not escalate the situation by um, raising our own voice, voices and getting angry ourselves. And these this kind of training doesn't just come naturally. We need to learn how to talk to people, what tone of voice to use, even our choice of words to diffuse the situation rather than to escalate it. I mean, you know, there were times when I was a police officer, there were certain officers you didn't want them to, to come to the scene because instead of diffusing it, they were going to pour gasoline on the fire. And even in a church setting, you can have people like this too. If, if somebody on your team has a short fuse or just doesn't know how to talk to people that are going through a crisis, 
they can actually make the situation worse. So getting some, uh, you, you know, some interpersonal communication skills, some, I, I refer to it as tactical communication, knowing how to talk to people to get them to do what you need them to do. Very, very important training. Another um, type of training that, that, that I recommend is um, advanced firearms training. And you say, gosh, Dave, that's a lot of firearms training. Well, it is. It is. But, you know, you think about the police. Like I mentioned last week, our department, we shot four times a year. Most departments only require you to qualify once, but yet there's still ongoing training there. And so what I recommend to the, the, the folks on our team is to maybe at least once a year or every year and a half, um, maybe take another level of a firearms training class, maybe a more advanced class, maybe a more tactical class, um, you know, maybe shooting in some competitions. There's some competitions around here that are, that are tactical shooting where you're involved in um, shooting behind barricades, running and shooting and it just gives you more confidence. And the more confidence you have, the better prepared you're going to be. So I encourage you to um, take some advanced firearms training. Uh, I took a course last year, having been, been retired as a police officer for several years and not having any, any training for a few years other than you know practicing on my own. I went and spent the money and, and took a high-level firearms uh, training course because I wanted um, you know, to have some better training. I wanted to make sure my skills were still sharp and to, to, to learn, you know, whatever new things are being taught today. So advanced firearms training. Um, number four for today is, do you, and this is the question first, does your team carry tasers or pepper spray? Um, it's, it's great if you do, it's great if you don't. But if you decide that you're going to carry tasers or pepper spray to supplement your uh, firearm, then you have to train with them. And the tasers come with a practice cartridge, so you can practice deploying it. Uh, pepper spray, you need to practice uh, maybe not necessarily spraying it, but you, you can even get practice cartridges for this as well. And, and, and you know, because, listen, you deploy pepper spray inside a building, it's going to be a bad day. Um, everybody in the area is going to be feeling the effects of that pepper spray, and it's not very pleasant. So, Training um, with your taser, training with your pepper spray are very, very important if you decide that your team needs to have these. All right, well, don't go away. We'll be right back. Um, we've still got four more important uh, training topics that we need to cover. But before we do that, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Climbing Out of the Ruins. I've been highlighting over these episodes uh, my, my fiction series. It's a thriller series. Uh, the series titles The Zombie Terror War Series, and it's a, a kind of a new take on terrorism because terrorists have designed a bioterror weapon that not only kills people, but it reanimates them and brings them back as for lack of a better term, a zombie. Can you imagine the terror that would create in America if that weapon was deployed? Well, that's exactly the scenario that I write about. The novels have been described as gritty, realistic, and action-packed. Um, I encourage you, if you like a good, fast-paced story, a little bit of romance thrown in, lots of action, um, lots of weapon stuff, lots of tactics... 
but check this series out. Climbing Out of the Ruins is book five in the, the, the six-book series, um, and I know that you will love it. Um, in this one, the uh, there's a new criminal element that I'm introducing. Um, don't want to spoil too much of it, but you know, obviously we talked about the zombies, we talked about the terrorists, but what would happen if the cartels of Mexico decided to use this crisis in the U.S. as an opportunity to move in and to even uh, solidify even more their criminal control in the gang, in the uh, drugs and sex trafficking market. So this is kind of what we're dealing with. Again, fast-paced, lots of action, and uh, and you know, go to Amazon. You can click on the link, go to Amazon. You can read the the first chapter or two for free, kind of get a feel for it. But uh, but I encourage you to check it out. All right, well let's jump back in. Just a quick recap. Today we've talked about uh, for 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 training needs for your team, active shooter training, tactical communication, advanced firearms training. Uh, training with your tasers or pepper spray if you carry those. How about this? How about training your team on emergency evacuation of the building? You know, if there was a natural disaster, a hurricane, a tornado, uh, an earthquake, or a fire during a crowded Sunday morning, what would you do? And this is something that, that each team needs to talk about. They need to have some kind of plan. I mean, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be absolute chaos, no matter, even with the best plan. And you've got to understand that because people are going to be trying to get to their kids. You're going to be trying to direct them out of side entrance. They're saying, I'm not going there. I'm going to get my kids. So it's going to be chaos, but you still need to have a plan to try and control that chaos as much as you can. So this is a, a great training topic for your team. Another one. How about this? Positioning inside the auditorium. Where are your people, where are you placing your people inside the auditorium during a service? This is something every team needs to talk about. Every auditorium is different. Where are your people positioned? Are they positioned in the most optimum position where they can get to the stage quickly if somebody charged the stage or if there was an incident? Um, Are you positioning them in the middle of the row bad idea, or on the end of a row. Um, where are they during the offering? Are they in a position where they can accompany the offering back to where it's locked up? Um, what about uh, other areas of, of patrol and responsibility? Um, how do you want them patrolling the kids' wing? Um, do you want them walking through the offices during the, the, the church service? Um, what about the parking lot? Do you have part of your safety team, making sure the the cars are safe. I mean, it's not uncommon at all to hear of churches having cars broken into and things stolen out of the cars while services are going on. So what what are you doing to protect the the parking lot while service is going on? So these are important things to think about. Positioning both inside and outside the auditorium. Where are your people going to position themselves so that they can be in the best position to respond. I mean, every now and then I see guys that are maybe part of my team, just, you know, maybe they got their back to the crowd or they're they're focused on, um, you know, having a conversation with somebody. And, you know, it's just something for us to talk about. We need to always be positioning ourselves where we can see everything that's going on around us. So this is something definitely good 
to consider. Another consideration, another training topic, protecting the children. Protecting the children. I mean, obviously, we, we just talked about, you know, maybe protecting them in the children's wing and patrolling that area during, during service to make sure no intruders, um, you know, or people with bad intentions, you know, uh, go back there. But, you know, it's not uncommon in a church setting for um, the children workers, children's workers to find out that a child maybe is suffering some type of abuse or neglect at home. And if that's the case, you're going to be the first one to hear about it. Um, they're probably going to call you, and then you're going to have to interface with the police. So, you know, this is the, these are important things to think about. Um you know, we, we always want to assume the best for those of us, for, for those people who work in our church or volunteer in our church, but we also want to be um, always watchful, too, to make sure that um, the people who are working with the children are, are not taking advantage or doing anything weird. And so that's why, you know, walking the hallways um, of the children's wing, peering into the, the classrooms, um, periodically is really an important thing. We always want to protect our children. And understanding that, you know, even in some situations, uh, as we mentioned before, domestic situations very often spill over into a church setting. And child custody issues come into play. And these are things that we need to be aware of. Because if if a parent comes in or an ex an ex spouse comes in to try and take custody of their children, but they don't have legal custody, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle that situation? This is a, this is something that has to be discussed. It has to be talked about. And so the, these are even conversations to have, not just at the safety team level, but even with the church staff level. Because if there's a, a, a divorce situation or um, an estrangement situation where one parent has custody of the children, legal custody, and the other parent doesn't, and they come and try and take custody of them, how are we going to handle that? Because this now we're looking at possible liability on the church if those children get taken away by somebody who doesn't have legal custody of them. So these are important things to consider. So protecting the children. And then the last, the last training thing that I'll mention today, it's kind of a bonus one, and it's this, we always want to think about the spiritual component of the people on our team. Because I just don't want, I don't want people on my team that have a, a bouncer mentality. I tell my guys all the time, my girls, listen, we're not bouncers. We are ministers. We are part of a church safety team. Um, you can call it church safety team ministry, but we are part of a team that's protecting our church. We are not bouncers. We're not security guards. We're not police officers. We're protecting the flock. And so we talk about having um, really the, the heart of a pastor in the mind of a warrior. And, and this might mean at any point that, uh, you know, we're watching, we're, we're protecting, we're keeping our eye on things, but then we might very well be praying with somebody. You know, we, we a friend says, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? Well, that doesn't mean we stop what we're doing. We can still keep looking around even while we're praying. Um, you know, we can still do our job while we're praying. But this is important. I want each of our safety team members to think of themselves as ministers 
of the gospel. They are just as important as anybody else on the team. And so um, we really want them to not just think of themselves in this, this component of, you know, I'm carrying a gun and I'm protecting the church, but they're protecting the church on a spiritual level as well. They're praying for the pastor while he's preaching. Um, you know, they're, they're looking after the people in their, their church family. So really, the spiritual component, I think, is as is, is important as anything else we're doing because this shows that you've got the right person. They're going to be dedicated. They're going to be committed. And they're going to have a heart that uh, um, you can trust them to do the right thing. So, between last week and this week, we've covered a bunch of different elements of, of training. And then the last thing, we're going to wrap up in just a sec, is this. Every training needs to be documented. Every training needs to be documented. Um, I recommend uh, just write a short synopsis. You can make a Google document or something on your computer. But just something where you write a brief synopsis of what you trained on and who all was present at the training. Um, Keeping a record of this goes a long, long way to protect the church in case there was ever any type of lawsuit. And trust me, it could happen. So always document your training. And, and, and this is just the same thing as if you send out an article or a podcast or a video like we talked about. Document that, um, that that was what the training was for that month. Document, document, document. Um, very, very important component of your church safety team. So we're going to wrap it up here. Can you think of any other important topics that should be discussed and trained um, in the context of your church safety team. What other areas do you think that they need to be trained in? Um, go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or comment, and uh, and we'll talk about it. I'd love to to address those if you've got any other ones that, that we missed. Uh, while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. And as always, this is David Spell encouraging you to keep protecting the flock.